Hi, this is uh, Parik Sam. Welcome to this live webinar uh, from Living and Working Abroad, ParikPartnership.com. It's a place to follow our vlogs and blogs during the week. But uh, on the live webinar, at our Living and Working Abroad page on Facebook, we tried to discuss issues around um, uh, what, what's affecting expats, family and business, living and working abroad in the real time. And we've got, uh, we released a, an email this week where we followed up on our recent work looking at the business of survival. Survival for families, uh, for overseas property investors and survival for expat business working cross-border uh, so that those businesses can survive for ourselves and down the generations. So. Uh, what are the issues that have come up this week? If you've got any questions, you can uh, leave them for us on our page or uh, uh, ask them now and potentially we can get back to you straight away and maybe feature your question next time. But certainly we, we will get back to you. And um, so how are you all? Uh, alive and kicking, I hope. And uh, coronavirus, the common cold that caught uh, with the vicious tail, continues to wreak havoc. But in the business of survival, I mentioned a, a few weeks ago that there is uh, scientific and economic research. The, 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 the predictions from specialists that project the, the, the impact of the virus uh, are all speculation because it's a new virus and we don't know how it's going to impact. We can see that now, we can see the impact of what's happening in different places, different worlds, but we won't fully know for two years. So. It, it, all the work that the scientists normally do in the background for two to five years is all being done in real time. But I mentioned a few weeks ago that there's some uh, uh, scientific research which looks at the economic impact of um, uh, uh, downturns. And when you compare uh, planning for a pandemic, if you can confirm the impact of an economic lockdown, on the health and well-being of society. How does that impact compared to the pandemic itself? And those are the interesting things I want to look at today, along as with some real life issues uh, regarding uh, people trapped in lockdown and, and tax residency issues uh, for the current year. And uh, uh, I want to remind you about Brexit because Brexit is still on the agenda and it's still there. And how does that em uh, impact expat um, healthcare for UK and EU expats living and working in the EU uh, during the current year. So in the business of survival, uh, what's changed this, this week? Well, uh, the, when a country has gone to economic lockdown, there's an impact on income and, and wages and there's uh, government grants uh, to furlough employees to support and retain jobs. So the government's paying uh, for companies to keep employees on and to keep employees as consumers to buy from businesses uh, that, so that those businesses and those employees become, continue to be consumers to keep the economy going. They've got grants, they've got loans, they've got VAT concessions. Uh, and, and social insurance concessions. So there's lots of money being pumped into the economy and um, uh, you know more money than at any time since World War II possibly. 
um, certainly more money being pumped into economies than, than after the financial crash of 2008. So we, we, I consider this to be a world war C uh, on Corona and uh, the business survival is what, what goes forward with the economy. Um, and I'm not a technical expert on this, but what I do understand is that, that uh, when NICE uh, in the UK, which is a, 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 a government body that assesses drugs um, for use in the NHS, and they make a selective judgment about whether the public healthcare service will pay for medicines uh, to help people because the, the great pharmaceutical industry does two things. You get great nursing care and great uh, to help people and everyone's surviving uh, coronavirus is surviving not because of medical uh, drugs but because of nursing care and, and, and intervention by doctors to nurse and, and see the, the patient survive through the virus so that the, the individual's body's immune system survive the virus and move on. Now that's nursing care, that's not drugs, that's not vaccines and that's the only reason that people are surviving, that they're building up their immunity. So we've got in Sweden, they've had no lockdown at all there, they've had some restrictions but in managing that They've, they've, they've avoided having major crises. Yes, they've looked after old people. Yes, they've protected vulnerable. Yes, they've stopped large scale gatherings, but they've still allowed meetings and restaurants to, to uh, continue on with the type of restrictions that everybody will have to do once the rest of the world is released from lockdown. We've got more than half the world's economy in, in, uh, in GDP terms in lockdown at the moment. But that too can have its impact. And the, the, when you get a fall in economic activity and value and income, that too has consequences. It has consequences for disease, it has uh, consequences for disorder, it has consequences for, for death. Um, you know, so sociologists will talk about the deprived, deprived areas and people dying sooner and dying earlier and knife deaths and, and drive-by shootings because of a, a deprived economy is like a virus uh, in itself and, and causes issues. So as you, as you bear down on an economy, it, in a human society, it causes problems in itself. And what NICE do is that they look at them, going back to that point, NICE assess a medicine. Is, is it worth treating these people? And, and when they look at things like that, price is a factor. So in effect, to put no two blunt terms on it, NICE are making, uh, putting a value on life. So many medicines um, uh, to treat diseases that the pharmaceutical industry uh, produce extend life and maintain a better quality of life. And, and therefore, if a public service, healthcare service, is going to buy that medicine and provide it free uh, uh, to its uh, citizens, then in effect, they're valuing life. So there are certain unfortunate people with difficult diseases, which the pharmaceutical companies have got expensive products to, to treat, 
and they're not available on a public health service because they're deemed to be too expensive relative to the, the, the values they put on life. So these are the, one of the mechanisms that, that government agencies and bodies and statisticians use when making these decisions. So in coming to a decision to lock down whole economies, uh, they're putting a value on life. So if you're gonna get 30% uh, deaths from corona, that's a lot of people, then the, the, uh, the value of a lockdown is well worthwhile compared to 30% people dying. However, um, extending somebody's life for three months might not be worth 10,000 a day in, in medical treatment. And, and those are the extremes. And what we're beginning to get to a position now, as we all get a bit stir crazy in our, our lockdown situations where we're restricted on uh, how we can work, uh, whether we can live our normal lives, to go to school, to see our friends, to see family, to, 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 to do work. Uh, in, in modern societies we work, in previous societies we would have still worked, whether that's farming, tending cattle, uh, hunting, uh, to, to, to provide our day in, in, in those three parts, uh, sleep, work and rest. So we, we, we need to get back to that at some point. But at the moment, when you've got a complete lockdown, the, the government assessment is that the, the value of a death by corona is more than the value to the economy of closing the economy down. And when that assessment is changed, that the value uh, of a, a corona death um, is, is more than the, the cost to the economy of the lockdown, that is generally the point that those decisions can be made. And those decisions are political and they're very complex and they depend upon which expert that, that you want to consider. So the people at who might have one opinion, but e each individual human being in the world, including myself, will all have some form of behavioural bias. We have our opinions uh, based upon what we've learned, what we've grown up with, what we see around us, um, uh, and what our religious beliefs are, what our parents taught us, what our life's experience taught us, where we've worked. We all have a behavioural bias to, to how we're going to react to it. And, and so do these experts, and so do the different institutions. So um, each person will come up with a slightly different slant. And uh, so that's why we're in this difficult situation at the moment where uh, the politicians are left with the decision to decide when to, the, the value of a death by corona it, it is more important than the, the, the cost to the economy. So if the uh, British economy is going to borrow 45 billion uh, pounds this month, April, they're saying that that is a less cost to the economy than the deaths from Corona this month. Um, now, how will that be in, in, in May and June and July? When you think about uh, the impact of the loss of revenues to football, to rugby union, uh, to, to the supermarkets, to the, the major employers, to the airlines, 
all that cost is the cost of the economic lockdown. And, and despite all that massive cost and all that massive loss of economic uh, wealth, um, that, that is less than the cost uh, that's being put on the value of the corona deaths at the moment. So that is, is the bitter pill, the, the tough choice that the politicians need to make. And when the curve moves so that the, 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 the deaths are dropping and that the, the probability of death is dropping, then the economic lockdown can be lifted. That's a brutal way of looking at it, but that is the decisions that are being made. But the, the reverse side of it is that if the politicians keep the lockdown on too long and force more businesses out of business and make the terms of survival for those businesses uneconomic and you end up with long-term unemployed or a depression situation, or even that you're rationing the medical treatment so that people with cancers and heart attacks and life-threatening conditions cannot get the treatment that they need, then those people are dying, not of corona, but of their existing disease. And that's an issue that the governments need to deal with. And we as a society need to support them in those judgments. So some countries will come out of lockdown quicker because their politicians will make a judgment that um, the, the, the changes, it, it, the, the value of life, uh, corona vis-a-vis every, -vis everything else, every other disease, it, it is different to uh, another country. So Sweden uh, maths on this have been different. They've never gone into a lockdown and they've maintained social distancing, they've maintained restrictions, um, and, and they've had corona deaths, but in, in a different outcome to, to other countries. So these are difficult decisions got to be made. And for an expat that's living and working abroad, or has got a holiday home in one or more different countries and wants to relocate, you know, we need to consider how the different countries are, are reacting to this. So one country can have a com completely different take the politicians, the, the people, the judgments are coming under a different set of rules. And this is why you see America or Iran or Russia or Cyprus or Italy or Libya or UK or Ireland all reacting in a different way. And it all comes from a behavioral bias and what the experts are collectively saying and how they're judging it, not based upon facts, based upon predictions and the, the evidence that is unfolding before them. So this is the difficulty that we've got. And what we hope for is that uh, in uh, the business of survival, the lockdown measures are lifted before they strangle the little day, the living daylights out of the world economies, that we have airlines to come back to, that we have businesses to come back to, that we have restaurants to be able to go to, and bars that can serve us beer. So, this is what we're looking for going forward and um, you know we're all part of this no man's an island no man's independent we're all part of the same mass of humanity and everybody's opinion on this counts to to see what it is individuals some individuals some of your customers if you're a business will, will be much more cautious their behavioral bias will be much more cautious than than another client 
Um, and so even within one country or one set of customers, some will be more cautious and slower to come back into the real economy. Uh, some will come back and relish it and there'll be a big boom in, in new services from those. So all these things you have to plan for as a business, look at how you're going to have to adapt. So uh, a, a restaurant that wants to attract back people that are really cautious about uh, COVID-19 in, in three months time, will have to have extra gloves, uh, sanitizers, masks, uh, distancing, uh, screens, reorganized layouts. And those are the, the preparations that a restaurant can do now. A business which involves human interface with, with people and meetings will have to look at how they can do their work online with online meetings, video meetings, and, and online paperwork. So these are the things that businesses need to plan for now uh, so that as the, the whole economy, the whole community is released from lockdown, you can adapt to each of your customers that fit into the different schemes. So you'll have more cautious customers and more pragmatic customers whose value quotient is slightly different. You've got to accommodate all those people in your target market for your business. So those are things to be looking at. So um, what's the value of life and what's the final decision of the, the politicians?